0: Good morning. Morning. I'm Wade, if I haven't said hello to you before. Um, It's nice to just stand here for a moment and get to see everybody. So allow me to just look at you for a moment. It it blows me away, it really does. Um, And I was thinking as we're singing and worshipping together today... Who am I to, I mean, for some reason unknown to me, God has me coming here and and sharing today. And I'm more aware than anyone that I'm nothing, nothing. Um, But praise him, and him we're not, eh? So it's beyond me, but um, it really is amazing to be here and to share with you. Is my voice um, loud enough down the back? Yeah. (laughs) Can we um, just start in prayer, please? Dear Lord, thank you for your love that you have for us. I thank you, Lord, that your love goes beyond these walls and that it goes to and is with our brothers and sisters that are not here today with those that are watching and those that are not. I thank you for the love that we have here between us, Lord, and with you. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Well, when I spent some time thinking about what I could share today, I, um, my thoughts were to focus on praising God. Not that technical, but that's what I was thinking. And rather than the hurt in the world, I just wanted God. And as I prayed about it, I felt drawn to 1 Corinthians 13. I've come across it quite a few times in a, one of those really old Bibles that you, that you may have as well, You know, that's falling apart and for some reason there's a little bracket around 1 Corinthians 13 that I don't even know if it was me who did that bracket, but... And I, and I read it now and then, so it really stood out to me. I wasn't sure why, though, it would be these verses. Sometimes 1 Corinthians 13 is considered the love chapter of Paul's letters. And my response was, Lord, can't we talk about the separating of the sea or, or, the, or warfare or love? Okay, and thankfully God directed my plans. Mark mentioned last Sunday that we've had the delight of holding um, weddings for members of our church family over recent weeks. And it's, it's nice just to sort of, I guess, dwell in that time a little bit before hurrying on as, as we sometimes do. quite often the verses that we're looking at today are thought of at times like weddings. That sometimes when these chapters are referred to. And although it's important for people to learn how to love each other through reading and studying these scriptures or these verses that we're looking at today, I found the original meaning and purpose of those verses was a bit different to what I had thought they meant. In his first letter to the Corinthian church, Paul spoke about division and disorder in the church. He spoke about and addressed the underlying problem of behaviour that was a result of sin that was around them. And what seems to be out of the blue in Paul's letter to me comes a chapter explaining that everything must be done with love. We heard First Corinthians 13 read out before. Verse one says, "If I speak in the tongues of mortals, of mortals and of angels, but do not have love, I am a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal." Right off the bat, Paul strikes at something that was held high in high regard by the Corinthians, the ability to speak in tongues. Some believers considered speaking in tongues to be participating in angelic life. It was speaking in the language of heaven. But to their shock, Paul was saying, without love, such speech is just noise. I love how Paul used two images to represent the useless noise. A noisy gong and a clanging cymbal. Today we have our mulu bell. And while in some situations the noise it makes has a purpose, other times the noise could be quite irritating. Perhaps not appropriate, maybe at the wrong time. Paul's point was that the important gift, such as the gift of tongues, was useless Without love, This verse paints a, a very sad picture in my opinion. I can imagine a believer of the Corinthian church standing there thinking that they're really important and talking at the levels that angels do. But because they're not using their gift for what it was really intended for, all the angels are hearing is noise. how we share our spiritual gifts has impact. We have many gifts here for building up the church. But if they are done without love, they are just talk. Just imagine somebody visiting us one Sunday and everybody is speaking in tongues and no one knows what everyone else is saying. I'm sure we would sound like these clanging cymbals that Paul refers to Paul carries on to say that what leaves the gift of speaking in tongues as redundant also applies to other manifestations of the spirit in verse 2 he says if i have prophetic powers and understand all mysteries and all knowledge and if i have all faith so as to remove mountains but do not have love I am nothing. Apparently, the Corinthians had mistakenly decided that some of them were spiritual and others were not. Or at least some of them were less spiritual based on having less prestigious gifts. So Paul names prophecies, mysteries, Knowledge and faith. And he compounds his point saying, If I had all of these things, Paul doesn't know all of these things, but if he did, the insight would be meaningless without love. Paul applies a need to have love, even with faith that moves mountains. Which is interesting because removing or moving mountains references to being able to do the impossible. But like in verse 1, Paul shows that even the most impressive spiritual gifts result in nothing before God if they are not done in love. Paul then adds... Not only do spiritual gifts without love result in nothing, but so do profound acts of self-sacrifice. In verse 3 he says, If I gave away all my possessions, and if I hand over my body so that I may boast, but do not have love, I gain nothing. Surely, anyone who would sell all their things and give all the money to people that needed it, they'd be an awesome Christian, wouldn't they? But Paul insists that doing this without love still gains nothing. The verb Paul uses in the original text about giving away all his belongings refers to feeding. So part of what Paul refers to is giving everything away to feed people who are in need. And this makes me think about the instructions that Jesus gave to the rich man to give all his possessions away, right? He was to give all his possessions away to the poor. And this was going to be a great deal for the rich man to be giving away. But even if he obeyed Jesus and did what he thought he was supposed to do, it was still nothing if not done out of love. It can be easy to gloss over some of Paul's words. The words about handing ourselves over to the suffering for the sake of others. These words may not strike us like they would have done to much of the Corinthian church at the time. Paul was in prison. He was living a life of sacrifice so that others may know God, and he was going to quite possibly die. But even this would have come to nothing if he had had no love for others. Giving away hard-earned money or our time can be really hard. But it, it doesn't take much, I think, to share God's love. The times that I've benefited from other people that have felt love for me and shared their time for me was, was pretty simple stuff. It was just a few moments of their time. God wants us to give to others from the heart, not reluctantly, not under compulsion, because he loves A cheerful heart. Giving, uh, self giving, was a normal pattern for Paul's daily life. Even in persecution and under the threat of death, Paul's focus was for the well being of others. Out of love, he wanted the Corinthian church to resolve their differences. today we may give our time or our resource away and not expect anything in return. We, we teach that to our children. But I think Paul takes giving away our possessions one step further than that. No matter what we give away, even the person who receives our gift does not truly gain if it is not done out of love. How do we put ourselves at the disposal of each other? I think even just having a desire to put others first achieves this. Because we aren't talking about how much we can give, but how we give it. Is the Holy Spirit telling you to call someone? Does someone need a job done that you've been called to do and and to help them with? It was through the self-giving of Jesus that we received life. Galatians 2.20 I have been crucified with Christ and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself. To me. And the result of that love is exemplified in us when we love each other. Ironically, love is about looking for gain. But not for ourselves. For other people. Everything we do must be out of love. Why? Because love is patient. Love is kind. Love is not envious or boastful or arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice in wrongdoing, but rejoices in the truth. Do you share what God has given you With others through love for them. The love Paul is talking about is not some abstract concept, instead, it's the concrete point where God's love for us becomes embodied in our lives and what we do. Paul, rather than describing what love is, explains what love does or does not do. This is agape love. Love that is affectionate about others and all about Jesus. Love that is warm regard for and concerned for others. The Corinthians were impatient with each other. They were tolerating sin in the church. And they were creating problems because they did not live in love. The Corinthians were guilty of behaving exactly as love does not behave. What is really going on here in these verses that appears to be a praise of love is instead addressing where the Corinthians were failing. They were not patient or kind. Their divisions, inconsiderate treatment of each other, and desire for status were not like love that is patient, kind, and not envious. Paul had spoken earlier to the church about the shame of the church. There was sexual immorality. Believers were not thinking of others and they argued between themselves. I don't think the term in verse 6 that says rejoice in wrongdoing highlights specific things that the Corinthians did, but more so it terms the, the characteristics or characterizes, I should say, their overall behavior that rejoiced in what was wrong in God's eyes. And this was a problem because love is the distinguishing mark of Jesus' disciples. As said in John 13, we must love one another. Just as I loved you, you also are to love one another. By this, everyone will know that we are his disciples if we love one another. Love sets us apart from the world and it shows who we are. We are not consumed, we are not divided, we are not used up because God's love is great. God's love is greater. God's great love enables us to go on, to get up and face the day. Our trials may seem overwhelming, but we won't be destroyed by them because God's love is greater. Society confuses things. It confuses love with lust. It treats others without love. And it demands what it wants from others. In the stress, people can forget to come together in kindness and gentleness. I've noticed this in the community around us. Seen people screaming or abusing each other. And it seems more common lately. The other day, Anita came home and talked about a person that had been parked in their car outside a dairy going off their head, screaming away at someone just because they had parked and got in their way. We are in stressful times, and it can be easy to be just one step away from reacting to people in ways that does not glorify God. We may hold in high regard God's gift to us of loving each other but it seems more and more harder to love and show love to people around us. The person who was yelling from their car could easily seem disgusting. They were swearing and it can appear as quite disgusting to us. But later on Anita saw that person being consoled by someone. Kind of turns it around a bit, doesn't it? They were obviously upset and they were being consoled. I would say they were hurting on the inside and this is what had come out. It wasn't me in the car swearing away at somebody, but it could have been or it could have been you. Or it could have been not the swearing, but how we felt inside towards someone who we felt had terribly ripped us off. How dare they? Can't say I don't do that. Just in case Anita says something later. Paul is saying that love puts quality into our character. Not status above others. Through love, our words and actions amount to something and glorify God. As we come to the last verse that we're looking at today, Paul has finished emphasizing the negative things about what love is not. And he returns to the positive actions from doing everything out of love. In verse 7 he says, Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, and endures all things. Paul now describes God's character and how God relates to us. You may be able to recall ways that God has shown his love to your family. I can recall times of seeing his love through the kindness of relatives and friends. He helps us to get through busy times, through lonely times. But there's also the reminder in our hearts that one day we will be made whole again in heaven. These words describe God's character and the way our Father relates to us. They describe how we can choose to relate to each other. We need to remember that. Love sets us apart from the world and shows who we are in Christ. I'm thankful for this verse and how love puts others first. Praise God for his enduring love that accepts us through all our behaviour. That's not good in his eyes. Thank you, Lord, for your love that glues us together through the times when we offend each other. Love patiently and kindly guides us to love each other. It guides us in the way we should go. It's not natural to do something for someone when we feel in need ourselves, or to pray for someone When we feel, I need all the prayers I can get for myself. Do everything with love. While chapter 13 in Paul's letter is often quoted at times like weddings, the concept in mind is that of agape, self-sacrificing, godly love. Only through love can we really bear all things, believe all things, hope in everything, and endure everything forever. Everything we do is meaningful to God. It doesn't change whether you're at home, at school, or work. It matters because you matter to God. I wonder what gifts we're missing out on here when we don't come together in love. Let's close in prayer. Dear Lord, I thank you for our family here. I thank you that you are present with us. I ask you to help us to love each other, love each other more, Lord, Love each other based on the power of that is your love. Lord, your love is not something that we just want to obtain and then everything's done. We pray for your ongoing love for us, that we start with the way we treat each other and love each other here, Lord, what we feel in you, that we share that with each other and then with those around us, Lord. I thank you that you love us and all your grace that you have for us for all the good things we do and the bad things that we do. Thank you for your love, Father. In your mighty name I pray. Amen.